Welcome back to Diaries of the Wild Ones. We have great news. Thanks to Wild Earth Australia, on the 15th of November next week, we are launching the competition, Tell Us Your Tale. I'll let you guys know the details on the next episode. If you have or know of anyone with a wild story, we want it. A $600 adventure pack is up for grabs for this summer's hiking adventures. Now, I'm going to launch the competition next week with a story I keep getting asked for. Part three of the yacht story, When We Got Robbed. This episode, I got a special guest to interview me for it. TV host and master chef sensation Hayden Quinn. Then following that, I have a guy who was paralyzed and learned to walk again, becoming an ultra marathon runner. Okay, okay. I'll stop spoiling what's to come, but I'm just so excited for this competition. And thanks to Wild Earth Australia, it's all happening. Go to wildearth.com.au and put in the 10% discount code, Diaries of the Wild Ones, all one word, capital letters. Also, a big thank you to Free Brewing Co. Cheers the day after a big adventure with a crisp, organic, preservative-free beer. It's a no-brainer. You'll find them at BWS and Dan Murphy's Silver Can with big black letters saying free. Okay, now this episode, you're about to meet Jody and Lewin, the all-round adventure Lord Power couple who are the creators behind Wonderstories.space. This is a brilliant concept. The adventurers have started a website for the natural surrounds of Townsville and far north Queensland with the message of leave no trace and conservation at the top of their priority list. The website has all the ventures that you can do for that area. All the hidden gems, what to take, what to look out for with the hope that more people will fall in love with the nature of north Queensland and help protect it. It's absolutely brilliant. This episode starts off with the couple's story of being the first to scale and summit Mount Peterbot. Enjoy, guys. Yeah, how are you feeling with that? that sounds good to me, yeah. Sounds good. All right, I'll turn you up a little bit. Give me a little... Yeah, you can hear that wind and the, and the waves, the waves lapping. Yeah, it sounds beautiful. Yeah. It's nice and clear. Yeah, Jody and Lewin. G'day, how are you going? <laughs> have we started? I suppose we have. Is this it? Yeah. I don't happening? know, it can be it. It can be happening, but like, what a magical spot you guys have taken me to, sitting here looking at, if you say it the professional way, it would be the majestic magnetic island <laughs> here in Townsville. Okay, I, I, I have to say I came into Townsville today. I wasn't, after coming from the surrounds and the rainforest up Paluma, is that am I saying that right? Paluma. And actually, how beautiful that was. And then I suddenly I came into this industrial town, and I was like, "Oh, would it, where am I? Get me back to the rainforest." And then I came around the corner and saw Magnetic Island, and those beaches of the Strand. And now we've come up here, and it actually does have so much beauty. And a mate just told me actually where we're looking right here on this peninsula. What what peninsula is this? Cape Pelaranda. Yeah. Cape Pelaranda, that on low tide that there's a sandbank that you can actually walk across to Magnetic Island, supposedly. He said you can't right now because the sand's not right there, but he said they used to herd cattle across to the island. That's true, and apparently that's why there are so many sharks in this pass here, because they got so used to cattle walking across, the, the, the cattle being herded across to Magnetic Island, that the sharks got used to it and uh, stuck around. Would pick him up. Oh, so there is there's heaps of sharks here. So don't yeah. be, fear the crocodiles here, fear the sharks. Oh. Um, no, I'd fear the crocs. You'd yeah. fear the crocs Definitely. too? Are there crocs? Definitely. Yes. Yeah. Sure. So, so, so Jody and Lewin. Lewin, what a cool name, man. Oh, thanks. Yeah. So, Lewin, you're, are you from Townsville? I am, yeah. Born and raised. 
Oh, born and raised. And and where did you meet Jody? Because Jody has an accent, and we we discovered it was Vancouver slash American. Yeah. Well, we uh, met at Hot Rock, which is a local climbing gym here in Townsville, and we got to chatting and started hanging out, doing cool trips together, mini adventures. And yeah, and the, and the rest is history. Exactly. So so, have you got actually? You I got emailed your Instagram profile and was like, oh hey, can I? Can I please interview you guys? And I'm actually kind of spewing because I had a longer trip planned and I really wanted to go on an adventure with you guys because you, and from what we've been been talking about, you guys have been kind of sending it a little bit. <laughs> it probably make me nervous going rock climbing with you, you guys actually because you sound you sound professional. <laughs> oh, definitely not professional, but we would uh, def- we'll pick a, an activity that would suit all members of the team. Yeah. So like an easy multi pitch rock climb or. <laughs> or like a, a one-day canyoning trip, something like that, or just a beautiful walk to out to a waterfall or a mountain summit. Yeah, Aaron, it's a trap. Are there canyons around it's a trap. here? <laughs> Not slot canyon. Well, there's a few uh, short slot canyons, but the canyoning here is abseiling down open waterfalls with the views. Uh, it's a bit different from the Blue, Blue Mountains. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. With the deeper, the deeper crack lines. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so, so you guys, you're just telling me, and, and the story that I'm going to kind of bring you guys into was that you were saying you've done the first summit of a few peaks around the Townsville region? Well, we got the first ascent of uh, the South Peak on Mount Peterbot, which is the highest point. Uh, previous people have only uh, climbed the North Peak uh, to the summit. So the North Peak's uh, quite a few metres lower than the South Peak. Uh, and I think that was done back in the 1800s, 1900s. Yeah, apparently for the South Peak, there was a, a reality show that dropped a couple people off by helicopter. So the only other people that we have known about that have been on the top were dropped off by helicopter. So well, is it not? So when I'm picturing Mount Peterbot, um, and that's up in the Daintree, the back of the Daintree rainforest. Yeah, close, close to Cape Tribulation. Yeah. So when you see that, because there's a hiking trail that goes up there, isn't there? So like anyone can kind of walk up. What's the difference between doing that trail and then actually being able to summit that rock? So the the trail starts in Mount Sorrow. Yeah. Is that what it was? Oh, yeah. that, and that's the mountain next to it. Uh, Mount Sorrow is you know part like comes right off the main road near Cape Tribulation, and it's pretty popular. Um, I mean, it's it's quite vertical rainforest, so it's a good push to hike up there. And then there's a beautiful viewing platform that, you know, a lot of people, a lot of tourists do that hike. Maybe an hour or so it took us to do that hike. But then you kind of hop over the viewing platform. And is it is it National Park? Yeah, it's all National Park. National Park. You hop over the, blue, the viewing platform and then you're in sort of rolling rainforest, crazy boulder fields, mm. kind of scrambling up and around and underneath gigantic boulders until you reach roaring mag which is a a creek so you're you've had there's no track there you've had to cut your track yourself so you're just crawling through so you're just like going via contour or you going via compass there's been a a track cut to pit mount peterbot uh it extends off the national park trail which goes up to mount sorrow uh, and then just other uh, active bushwalkers in the area have uh, pink tape flagging tape and yeah. marked out and cut a track that navigates through these boulder fields across Roaring Meg and then up uh, a steep, rocky boulder field to 
uh, Mount Peterbot, which is these big exposed granite rocks, big boulders on the small little mound. And uh, yeah, it's split into two, one lower and one higher. Yeah, so that is that the south and the north? Exactly, yeah. So wait, where did the actual idea come from? Had you seen it and just wanted to climb? Like, where did the idea... Or, or are you guys, like, actually actively looking for things people haven't done yet? We, we like to do things that we haven't done before. And we also like the challenge of people saying you can't really climb it like you know the south peak is inclimbable like you can't climb it and so you're like oh that's a good challenge to do yeah and so we did a bit of research and uh couldn't find anybody who's climbed to the actual summit before yeah yeah i remember ollie Doucet, a mate of mine that's um an amputee big wave surfer he told me that yeah whenever anyone says to you you can't do that just think to yourself no they can't do it's not that they can't do it it's just like no no one just hasn't done it you know what i mean and and those words get him so excited because he's like all right if someone hasn't doesn't doesn't mean if i don't work hard i can do it you know what i mean and he's like and that that's also something that drives him so much so i can kind of i can relate to why that would drive you so much to like kind of like find a way because it's like a puzzle you're like oh if no one's figured it out maybe i can figure it out yeah like watch me (laughs) yeah so how did you guys start planning for it then well, I originally went up. Uh, I think you were away, Jody. Yeah, um, I think it was back in, French in the States or oh, maybe French Poly, yeah. Yeah, and I had two mates that would want to come along and they didn't want to climb the peak. Uh, so I packed all the gear I thought I needed. I haven't actually hiked there before. And my bag weighed around 27 kilos fully loaded uh, oh, because they didn't want to carry any gear because they weren't going to climb. But I had a mate that was wanting to, uh, happy to belay me. And it's, it's really freezing up there. Wait, did you do any mapping or checking out? Were you, was the original plan just to hike in and check it out and see what it was like, see what's possible? and then I brought out? ropes and uh, all the gear that I needed. So if I could, I was going to climb it um, and then belay those other guys up, the, the rock face. But I had no idea. Like I asked around, got some photos. Uh, I knew there was a track there. I, yeah, I did all the research possible, planned the trip. Um, maybe too short because we didn't make it that first time. Why? Just ran out of time. Uh, we needed to get back to Townsville for work. Uh, so you carried a 27, 27 kilo pack around and didn't get to try to climb it? Well, we climbed it. We oh, made yeah. it halfway up. Oh, okay. The but first didn't, time. Didn't get to summit it. Didn't get to the summit. Uh, and just, uh, I don't like carrying heavy things around. So <laughs> no. I managed to convince uh, Graham, the other guy I was with, to carry half the load down again with me. So that was very, uh, thanks, very pleasant. Graham. Yeah, thanks, <laughs> Graham, for that. Shout out to Graham. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. did that just, did that make you thirstier? Yeah, I definitely want to go back soon and, and do the, do the deed. You yeah. know what I just realized? How, what an amazing thing for you two, like as a, actually like as a couple, to be able to do like you know like okay so for relationships it's like you've got to share a common value you know what i mean doesn't matter if like you're kind of different you know you can kind of work that out but like having a common value but to be able to have like you know common passions like that or like actually be working at a team you know it's like when you see friends that are like a musician duo or something or like being an adventure duo that is so fun like that i just like i and and you're going to tell me what happened but you first attempted it with two mates and then i'm guessing the second attempt maybe was with jody exactly. and then i just i'm just thinking like fuck, right. imagine that thought just being like oh i wonder if 
Jody would want to come. Is that what happened? Like, yeah, uh, Jody uh, often comes along on the trips that I I, I plan crazy trips, hard trips. Uh, you know, have an idea and I just want to do it. Uh, and she's silly enough to. Well, maybe she's not silly, but she comes along. She's willing to suffer. Yeah, I guess. Does she? Do you guys like? How do you guys work as a team? Because like a lot of the times when I like when I work really good with someone, especially um, in harsh environments, is people that um, there's a middle ground. You know what I mean? That they pick up my weaknesses and I pick up theirs. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like I know a lot of times it's like I will help push someone to get where we need to go or like you know kind of help show that it's possible but in in a way like someone else will help me not take as many risks you know what i mean and think a bit more practically around that like how do you guys work as a team it's probably similar to our dynamic um lewin pushes me really hard uh pushes me really hard in hiking in climbing in sort of facing my fears and finding that threshold which I find a lot um but at the same time he also he can read my face he can read my voice and he knows when I'm really close to that that edge and I mean always looking out for my safety but he wants me to push and I want to push I mean I, we wouldn't be doing this if we didn't want to push hard um simultaneously I think and correct me if I'm wrong here is Lewin knows that I've I've got his back and that I'm going to do everything uh, as thoroughly as possible to make sure that he's safe, that we're safe as a team. Um, you know, double checking, triple checking everything that we do. So there's that, there's that mutual respect trust. and trust, trust yeah. that we have. So, yeah, I mean, I, I would say definitely Lewin's role. He pushes me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you need that too. I've, I've been on a trip with someone that I, I, I couldn't trust as in like they had too much of an ego of and and nothing against me or anything but uh, just a bit blasé about certain things that you needed to be and i just remember like i was like fuck i can't do any serious like adventures with this person or someone that really wanted to do a lot of like adventures with me but i couldn't put myself in that situation because it would have been too risky you know as much as like i was saying like you let yourself go and enjoy being out there but you're still in raw nature and you still kind of have to be a little bit practical. Like, I'm an idiot in nature. Like, you know, everyone knows that this is this. I'm out having as much fun as I can. But like I was actually just saying to you on the trail, I've, I kind of like plan first, have my plan A, B, and C. And then I've got that. I'm like, okay, cool. I can, I can kind of let my hair down and just have fun with it. And then if something arises, you know, be practical. How do you guys find it works for your relationship? Are you guys like being in a relationship with uh, a common passion? Uh, I think it it fuels me for sure, and I feel pretty honoured that you know, like in this case, yeah, Lewin's mates, you know, couldn't do the trip with him. Eventually, they they couldn't do the summit, but you know, he he mentioned it yeah. to me, and I'm like, oh, I'm there, I'll help you. Yeah. So so how did how did that how did that go down? You came back from not making it with your with your two mates and you ran out of time and you and you got back and well Jody's always there to support me we uh we su- support each other and she liked the idea of climbing the mountain um yeah i guess Did... i didn't really think about 
you know, like what it would mean to have the first ascent of a mountain at the time. I'm just thinking, oh, it's really beautiful up there. That would be really cool. Um, you know, several days camping in the rainforest and uh, we had some new gear we were going to try out as well. Like, oh, yeah, let's just give it a go. I had no expectations whatsoever. Um, but I mean, we made it. <laughs> and then after that, it's like, wow, that's pretty spectacular. Like, that's kind of a big deal. Yeah. And so it, it sort of sunk in. So it was, um, I guess, the 27th or 28th of December of this past year, um, 2019. And a, f- a few weeks after that, I think it was really sort of setting in. Like, well, That's really cool. <laughs> and we did that together. It's a very surreal feeling once it sinks in. And yeah. Because you, yeah, I, I kind of, because you're proud. Yes, you're proud of yourself, and you're like, "Well, I've accomplished something." You're like, "It's like, I, it's like, oh, I'm a doer. Like, mm-hmm. I did something." You know what I mean? Like, you have this feeling of like, "Whoa, accomplishment!" Mm-hmm. But, but take me through the actual trip, if you if you don't mind. Like, well, obviously, you guys had to camp out there. Like, it's yeah. like you're in harsh rainforest. Yeah, it was f- fairly thick out there. Uh, we can first start off with the naming. Like, when James Cook was first surveyed it and was sailing up north i believe he uh, hit a reef and and sunk his ship there and so he named uh, all the different places uh, very solemn, solemnly uh with like cape tribulation mount sorrow and there's uh, several other names and yeah so he was having a hard time and we were right there on the when we tried it we were in the beginning of the wet season mm-hmm. and it was like rain and wet and slimy. You don't want to wait? We're like, hey, it's, it's Christmas break. We're doing this. Yeah, do it now. Okay, At the time. Okay. tree in the wet season, the wet tropics. Yeah, okay, okay. So how, how long did you think it was going to take? Like, did you pack to plan to be out there? Well, the previous trip, we only had one night. Uh, so we walked out and did the North Peak, which all the bushwalkers do. Um this time we planned two nights, so we had a whole day to do the summit. Yeah. Uh, Didn't we have three nights? I thought we camped three nights. One in the rainforest and two at Roaring Meg? Maybe. Yeah. We had three nights in total. Yeah. But if you're going in That's wet season, if you're going in wet season, okay, so mosquitoes? Leeches. But leeches were the main thing, yeah. Leeches. Did, yeah. You, did you know that there was going to be leeches? Oh, God. You do realize this, this is the oldest rainforest on the planet. There were so many leeches. And I mean, Lewin grew up here and I've you never, even said, never. Never experienced that many leeches. And someone the other day said something about, oh, on a scale of like zero to leech or on the leech factor scale, we're like, no, it's off, off that chart. It's offset. It was ridiculous. We even had at one point what we called the de-leaching station because we just, like, we stripped naked naked to get all these leeches off of us. It was ridiculous. Yeah, and how is it, like, sometimes where you find them as well? You're like, how did that one get there? Uh, Yeah. They they crawl, and they they work their way through. (laughs) They go where they want. Yeah. I was trying to impress a girl once, sitting down by this river, and she got a leech on her. And I was like, oh, you know, it's just a leech here. You just got to roll it and flick it off here. I'll show you. And I tried to roll it and flick it off and it didn't go. I was like, no, nah, no, nah, it's all cool. You just, you just got to pull it off. And I sort of pulled it off. It jumped. It like, it like flicked, I don't know, and then landed on my arm and stuck to me. And then I just started panicking going, for some I don't know why, because I wasn't scared of it. But suddenly I went into this panic. Smooth. Very smooth. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so 
You've left for three nights. Yep. Do you mind me going through? So has it rained the first night? Is it, it going through? It rained every night, like torrential rain every night. And is it raining in the day? No, it didn't rain during the day. Oh, a, when we had the ascent, yeah, when we had the ascent, it was sprinkling a little bit. Um, but it did rain every night, and we sort of broke one of our own rules with gear in that we brought a brand new setup for an ultralight tent with us that we had never tested before, yeah. and we brought it on this trip. So we, we got a Z-Pack, and we were super excited about it. But then that first night, we were camping in the rainforest, and it just unleashed and i'm not a religious person at all and i swear i was praying in that tent like please 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 tent please be okay it's the first night and we were fine it was amazing really so that that first night in the zed pack and i i was like oh i have all the faith in the world in this tent so it's just a little two-man tent yeah it's a zed pack duplex and it's yeah. about 550 grams uh, dyneema yeah, yeah. super light you're um, kidding me I had my hiking poles with me uh, for you know most of the hike, and we just used those instead of tent poles. And yeah. it's yeah, super convenient. Yeah, what are you guys putting in your pack? So I'm guessing tent, then I'm guessing sleeping mats. Like, are you using air mats? Uh, yeah, we're using air mats now because they're quite light oh, uh, and super one. comfortable. Yeah, I'll show you the one I've got in the car, man. It's Wild Earth Australia, thank you. <laughs> 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 no, but it's like it's so good of how light and small they have them too now, and also durable. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Okay. So wait, you've got sleeping mats. You well, got a little two-man tent. Really depends on what you're doing the trip. So every trip is different from what we take. We've got a lot of gear. We have a whole spare bedroom full of gear, uh, shelves and everything. So. We have different mats, different like uh, setups for sleeping. So tent, hammock, uh, bivy, you know, sleeping on the yeah. ground. Yeah. Super um, cold sleeping bag, normal sleeping bags. Yeah, yeah. so this one we would have taken the, the duplex with two air mattresses mm -hmm. uh, for comfort because it wasn't yeah. like a super hard hike in. Like, it was hard enough. <laughs> yeah. um, sleeping bags. Uh, yeah, food. Yeah. yeah what um, food? What are you taking for for food when you're doing these trails i really like uh backcountry cuisine they have the freeze-dried meals and yeah. they're quite light yeah. uh, they don't do gluten and vegan though uh, gluten-free and vegan yeah so backpackers pantry um patagonia makes some really nice ones as well there's cool company in tassie that's called strive and they do these dehydrated meals yeah. as well yeah. i'm really liking them a lot as well yeah on this trip also we splurged and we brought wine so oh, sometimes that's my non-negotiable. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I yeah, can you be can bribed leave, you can with wine. The, you can leave it at the bottom. The thing is, that's the thing. Any type of alcohol, I, I've done trips where we've taken flasks each. Mm. And then, actually, that's why, if people that know me do adventures, why I don't take alcohol now, why I take other things. But... <laughs> Because it's it's so heavy, but it's like I've I've done done trips where you got the flask and it's the cheers and the thing at the end, but it's just like yeah, it's it's heavy to take. But going through, and the first night hits and it's torrential rain, I can't think of anything worse than being in the middle of a rainforest, waking up soaking wet around. Like even if you guys are dry in sight, just even packing the tent up, it's going to be wet. Putting it in your pack, like. And then hiking, like that's going to be through. Is it like muddy? Like, what's it? What's it like hiking through there? Because they've got that. I got stuck in the rainforest up there the other day. We tried to walk through, and there's spiky that spiky palms Lawyer everywhere. Cane, yeah. 
they we got freaking smashed, man, and then yeah. they get stuck in you. Like, how was it, like, navigating your way through the bush like that? Uh, the track was quite well marked, and I've done it uh, recently before then with the other mates. Um, so I knew the way. Uh, had to watch out for the Gimpy Gimpy, which is the singing tree up north here, and it's different from the singing tree down south, the tall version. Up here, it's like the probably the worst plant you encounter in the world. My uncle's telling me about this. Six yeah. weeks, one got him, and he was in agony for six weeks. I got well, my first one this year. It's like it feels like you're getting electrocuted. Not that I've ever been electrocuted, but acid poured on you at the same time. Pretty nasty. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. Did- so. Took my father up to the top of Drama Falls, and he grabbed hold of a stem of of a fully grown trunk of a tree, the stinging tree, and it lasted up to two years in his hands. You could feel it, yeah. You're kidding. Actually, my uncle was saying that now. He said every so often he moves his arm in a certain way, and it and it still kind of gets in. <laughs> yeah, I feel that way about my leg. I got stung on my left knee, and every once in a while, I can kind of feel like. What feels like maybe like a, a hair that's stuck in there because it's the little hairs that yeah. that get you. Um, and even we, we did like layers and layers of really sticky duct tape to try to get it all out and apparently hydrochloric acid as well. And it's, it's pretty nasty stuff. So all these things that we're kind of watching out for while we're on this hike, the uh, way to wild vines, the lawyer cane, the... Gimpy yeah. gimpy. And with the rain, the rocks and the tree roots made it, and the mud, yeah, it made it very slippery too. So you had to like calculate your steps and, and watch where you're, you're putting your foot yeah. uh, so you didn't slip over. With, we still had to carry the ropes and, and, and other gear, yeah. um, so it was quite heavy. Weren't you getting nervous about rain with climbing? Like of that rock like getting slippery and everything? I did, yeah. <laughs> uh, it was quite quite cold and windy and and as Jody said it was like very misty up there as well so it wasn't the ideal conditions but mostly we aid climbed it where you you place um pieces like sky hooks over yeah. edges and and you step up a ladder onto that piece and then you do that again and you repeat uh so you, we did that and a little bit of free climbing towards the top where you just use your uh, rubber on your shoe and and you walk up the rock there it's a, it a slab yeah so when you when you got to it, how come people said it was unclimbable? <laughs> well, several people have tried it before, but mm-hmm. it's it's just there's no holds to put your fingers on or grab anything. It's it's fairly featureless rock. It's uh, it's rough, but there's nothing to hold on to. And other people have climbed it before. Neil Monteith, he uh, he's a professional climber, I believe, and he's well known in the climbing world. He's climbed up this wobbly rock and it's next to it yeah. yeah he's got a podcast about that somewhere yeah. and he said he, he could feel it swaying underneath him exactly and like an ocean freaked him out yeah yeah so that's when they got up i got up to this uh, eight meter rock and it was moving and then he came back down again so we we took the same route that he did so we we're climbing up this chimney between the main rock and this side rock that's on a pivot point and you were we're stemming chimneying up it and we finally get to the top and then you place a piece of gear at the top there how come did you guys just use different gear to what other people have used before is that why you feel you made it or like what did you see that other people hadn't seen i think that it's just that rock climbers don't like hiking uh <laughs> yeah they tend to not like a long hike in it's a lot approach. of weight yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. and the technology today makes ropes a lot lighter these days as well as back 20 years ago. Yeah, that's um, true. 
and hikers don't like climbing. A, lot, a few of them are afraid of heights. So we're kind of a good hybrid. And there's a lot of us out there, but there's even more so people that don't cross discipline. Yeah. So it's just, just being lucky uh, finding this peak that probably rock climbers haven't heard of and hikers don't want to climb. So did you find it, did you find it easy? Or was it still really challenging? Or did you get up there and be like, oh, I don't know how he didn't get up here. <laughs> did he? Did, why didn't he come this way? I, it wasn't too hard in my opinion. It just took a long time. So okay. Graham, the previous person, was gra- blaming me for an hour or two. And this time, and I made it halfway up, right? So it was a long process. I think you made it a third. I don't think that was half. Oh, a third. Yeah. And you were blaming me for an hour or oh. two definitely two hours and it was cold yeah. too like it was weird that it was cold because <laughs> this was the end of december 2019 and the rest of australia was on fire at the time and we were up in the middle of the rainforest and we were like shivering my teeth were chattering i'm belaying lewin for a couple hours and i'm like doing lunges and you know squats and all kinds of things to just try to warm my body while i've got him on belay and just thinking okay <laughs> Just a little bit longer, a little bit longer. Why am I cold? I'm in like the most northern part of Queensland in the rainforest. But the wind was blowing sideways and it was misty and... Yeah. Well, well, I told you, I've been cold here the last week. I don't know why. It's just like... Is it the humidity in the air with the wind? I don't know, but I get cold. (laughs) We turn very wimpy when it it gets cold here. So, Lewin, did you find... Because Jody, it seemed to, she had to push herself quite hard <laughs> because I know what it's like when you're just like, just one little bit more. That's where, that's where I like to get to, where you have to get into your mind. That is the challenge. Like for you, did you, did you hit that phase on this rock or did you just nail it? <laughs> just... just nailed it. I've, I've been scared before and that time I wasn't super scared. Um, you know, you're always, when you're above the last piece, that's, it's always a little like mind game and you can take some big falls, but I felt secure enough, but I wasn't too scared. Do you ever fall? Yeah. Like on a rock like that where you're actually trying to... Like, do you ever fall and do those things really catch you? Those little freaking oh, things you put hooks. in the rock, so... the sky hooks, do they really catch out? Because I've seen it, you know, when they pop, like the one or two will pop and the third and then you go swinging into a rock. Yeah, so they're not meant to be used for fall protection. Uh, you got nuts and cams for fall protection, for like which is traditional climbing, traditional yeah. protection. And you can fall onto them. They've got uh, eight kilonewtons worth of uh, power to breaking strength, I guess, is the term. It always freaks me out that it'll just chip off part of the rock. Yeah, well, there's, there's that possibility. You have to look at the rock quality before you place the gear there. And if it's a like a big block that's loose you're potentially going to kill yourself or kill your belayer if it's if it's uh got to knock off death blocks yeah um, death blocks i mean we're always climbing with helmets on but it's you know you're not you're not going to look up a lot of times or you're going to call rock or you know a common phrase that we end up having when we're climbing is oh there goes my handhold or oh there goes my foothold yeah. like, because we're adventure climbing so yeah. oftentimes it's it's not clean it's you know chossy parts are falling off and yeah, no one's touched it before has and and peter bot was a uh, quite clean rock so not, nothing yeah. came off that way no i don't think so that i felt <laughs> <laughs> have, have you ever have you nearly been hit before by like a rock coming down or like how you had you got a few pebbles yeah. on your heads oh and the one on my arm so we've yeah we've put up a few routes around townsville and 
you know, yeah, they start off and they're, they're pretty dirty and, you know, you've got one person going up and the other person's belaying and, yeah, yeah, don't look up. <laughs> don't, don't look up. And, and calling for a rock because it's going to come down. It's going to hurt even if it is a small one. Mm. So Douglas, remember, I had the, the one that hit my arm. Like, oh. was Castle. Maybe Castle as well. <laughs> so, so when you're doing these, because you just said like when you put them up, so like this route that you did, is there like a forum that you can put that up on for other? So there's a platform. Um, it's called the Crag for rock climbing in Australia. And you have a list of all these different routes with a description, like where it goes, the character of the route, um, the height, and any other means of protection. And then you also have like a photo topographical map kind of thing. So you take a photo of it and you draw the line where you went. Yeah, and then other people can go do it. And do you ever feel responsibility? It. Like if you do something that's like really nerve-wracking, really scary, really dangerous, and then putting that up, like, or do you, do you put the warnings there? If it's uh, a local crag, I do, and I make sure to clean any loose rock off when I do put the root up. Um, we usually wrap down when we put a, a root up, Jody, mm-hmm. and clean the rock off, and then you either bolt the root, but we prefer to do trad climbing where you don't alter the rock, you place nuts and cams and into the rock instead and cracks. Yeah. Yeah. So other people would have to bring their own gear and yeah. do that too. And you're looking at more experienced climbers when you're doing trad climbing. Uh, you've got a lot more problem solving, uh, a lot more years on them of climbing. And we mainly do adventure climbing where you go out and you hike for several hours or sometimes a day or two <laughs> into the bush and you climb these rock faces that possibly no one's ever climbed before. And then you do a ground up ascent if it's a big, big rock like Peterbot. So you what's don't, a you grand, don't. What's a ground up ascent? So you don't rappel down and clean the rock and place bolts or a check that there's protection. You just look at the rock. You see, oh, from the ground there might be protection here. I could use that hole to get up there and. Yeah. I could probably put a cam in here yeah. or a nut so you, in there. It looks like this this crack or this line might be climbable. So starting on the ground, climbing up. Hoping, hoping it works out and yeah hoping you find the protection hoping you can do it without falling too far or Oi, what do you do because this has happened to me several times climbing and again I'm not a rock climber so but where I've thought I've had a route and you start going along that route and then it goes to nowhere <laughs> and you're sitting there but you've, you're, you're locked on because you've moved your body into that forward motion of projecting that way and all those muscles are locked in to then continuously move forward or to continue going that way. And then you have to go back, but there's no way to go back. Like I've been stuck a couple of times and it happens, it's happened to me in trees a couple of times and you get the, I, I call, I get the fear shakes. Like a few times I've been up trees where I've gotten to a real predicament and all my muscles are locked in and held in because I need to be in that position. But it's like, I think it's only adrenaline that's holding like my muscles still in there otherwise fatigue would have already let go but I've got to be there and then I start shaking you know what I mean I get the shakes because because it's also fears creeping in yeah that's totally legit I think it's it's happened to me a lot of times but I I don't know I feel like Lewin's a bit more fearless than I am or maybe he just doesn't let on but yeah I've had a few incidents where I've almost I wouldn't say paralyzed by fear but felt like I could not make the move and I would have to take a fall just to get out of that situation yeah. That's kind of scary. 
Yeah, no, I, I definitely get the shakes too, and I do fear, feel fear. It's 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 a real thing, and I think the more you do, the less you feel, or the more you you're comfortable in your abilities. You know what you can hold on to. You know you can read the rock a bit better, and so you understand. I can do this. I can hold on to that small crimp, which is a small little ledge. What do you do if you have to backtrack? Oh, no one likes a down climb. No one. <laughs> You don't really down climb that much in climbing. Uh, you, you do in adventure climbing sometimes. <laughs> yeah. You you down climb to the last piece and then you probably like rest on that, or you yeah you down climb and go a different way to f- figure out the easiest way or the way you want to go up this rock where there's protection. Yeah, fucking that. I was in um I was in Iceland, and I was um sp- I was pickaxing and spiking up this mountain, and it was actually if if no one if you guys have listened to the episode of when i crossed the mountains in iceland i'm just saying that to the to the listeners i think i'm pretty sure i told this story but i because when mountains are so high sometimes you can't see the peaks and you can't and when you're going blind you know like and i thought i was going to this ridge of a mountain i thought i'll get to the ridge and and then go up up along the ridge so I, I like literally climbed all the way up and got there and it was actually dropped off into this huge bowl and then there was no ridge it just like it, yeah and I had to I had to climb it was it was funny because I started looking for different ways and every way that I was looking because I'd come so far I was like I, I need to continue on I've come this far I can't go all the way back down because I would have had to go on pretty much halfway down the mountain and then spiked across flat ice like it was vertical ice pretty much like across under this rock line under this cliff line so i could start traversing again and i was like no no i can't do that and so like i started looking for all these other options and i even started going for them and i literally i just remember having this moment where like fuck like you know like you can't have an ego in the mountains in climbing rocks like that there's like there's too much because it's your life at risk you know what i mean even though it's hard work you can't be lazy you know what i mean and you think you can be and you're like oh okay i'll just well because it's like human nature like fuck i don't want to go back and do that (laughs) and i remember like yeah having to because it was like two hours worth of work you know what i mean of extremely intense physical work of like going back and around and it was so hard and but even because those spikes and they're not set up you're not set up to climb sideways you know what i mean it's it's, it's, to go vertical you know you're going up and you're putting the axe in it's like such a different body movement as well you know what i mean it was so stupid (laughs) i think mother nature shuts down egos pretty quickly hey yeah Yeah. (laughs) she'll say she'll say no (laughs) and do you guys like remind yourselves that like do you guys have something because you you're doing what's your what's your rescue plan what's your backup plan are you taking a um are you taking any navionics with you uh, well, I mean, we always have a PLB with us, first aid kit. Um, like, uh, in terms of how we're rescuing each other, you know, we kind of talk about different situations depending on on what kind of discipline we're doing. Um, yeah, so, so practice different things as well. There's canyoning. We set up the anchor. Uh, like we use natural anchors usually when canyoning. So you wrap around a tree or a, a sling of rock, um, and then you set up a releasable anchor. So if uh, a common thing is getting hair caught in a play device. You can lower that abseiler down. So you set the rope length uh, just 
where the water level is so they abseil down and then they straight off the into the water so they don't have to fiddle around swimming treading water trying to get uh the abseiling device off because uh, the, the flow of the water if it's in a high flow canyon which we don't really do high flows but if, if there's a little bit of flow the rope's always a bit taut because it's pushing you and you can't yeah. really easily take it off then so you set the rope length and then if something happens you can release them and you could even haul them back up so if for some reason they're out of rope you can lower them down a bit more rope or uh, you can haul them up if something's not right there's not enough rope in the whole system yeah, yeah. you just haul them up I love how practical you guys are. <laughs> you guys are. It's like, as, you, as you're saying, you guys should be adventure guides. Well, maybe someday for Lewin. I, I, have, a, I have another career that sort of takes, takes quite a bit of time, but I will say Lewin spends a lot of time learning on, about knots, learning about rescue techniques, learning about all these disciplines that we're using for our, our adventures. And, um, you know, I've, I've got to really commend him because... You know, a lot of it self-taught, but also Lewin seeks out mentors um, to learn from others. And, you know, we're lucky that we have that community here in Townsville for a lot of these disciplines. Yeah. I should introduce you to the Wilson family. Jeff Wilson and his son, Kit. In, yeah, really good. His, his son's a really good rock climber. He's, he's on a trip right now doing a um, YouTube channel called Southbound. He's down in the Blue Mountains right now, like climbing. It's freaking insane. But but again, it's like they call it. Jeff, when he talks to me, he calls it link link up, linking up. You know what I mean? Just mm. linking up with common people. But just um, that's what this podcast is about, actually. Like even with you guys, that's why I was spewing. I didn't get time to like do an adventure with you guys. But what do you guys have like next? Do you have anything like okay? You're trying to is there is there anything that is on your bucket list trying to tick to do? Oh, I have uh, many ideas, a lot to do around Townsville, things that I haven't done yet, things that other people haven't done. Um, But yeah, we do have some big ticket items that we are waiting for the COVID situation to to pass before we can travel and do some other first ascents of mountains. Yeah, a big part of our life is travel. I mean, we're lucky that... You know, even with the restrictions right now, we can travel so much in Queensland and there's so much to do here. But we really, really froth on, you know, international travel. You know, we've had some amazing climbing trips in Spain and Brazil. And yeah, uh, we do a lot in French Polynesia because I do a lot of my work there. So we've got some projects that we want to tick off our list sometime in the nearest future, hopefully. That would have crazy mountains. Yeah, volcanic just, craziness. Because <laughs> they're just straight up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Ins- oh, man. Yeah. Iconic, I, iconic. I just love that. And you are talking to me earlier about, about rafting, like about adding that into your adventures to get to get places. And I think that's just the best idea ever. Are you allowed to talk about that? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah, great. Well, it's kind of been sort of a joke amongst our friends now because... Uh, Lewin's so excited about these pack rafts and just how it opens up so many <laughs> avenues for adventure. Well, that's why I wanted to bring it up because yeah. like, people need to hear about this. Because you told me, and I'm like, whoa. Because that was the thing. Like right now, like I want to. I just got a. I just got a push bike because I'm like, oh, I'm gonna do a really long bike ride and like camp and everything. And then my other dream is like to to get a sick kayak and start doing heaps of kayak trips. And then. What you just told me, you can do both. <laughs> well, see, like I've I've always been more of the water person, whereas Lewin's more of the land person. And you know, so our, our friends jokingly call us surf and turf. And um, 
but I think that this kind of brings it together. Uh, you know, we, we've got touring kayaks and I like to take mine out, but I don't know, I have to kind of bribe Lewin to, to take to take his out and do a trip. But um, with a pack raft though, I mean, have you ever been on a hike and you, you encounter a river or a creek and think, I wish I had a boat? Well, let me just pull one out of my backpack and inflate it and there you go. And, yeah, but how big are they? How many kilos are we talking? Just over two kilos is is some of the. Uh, How's it used to tell me that? <laughs> I was like, I'm yeah. like, I, I, I need to see this thing to believe it. <laughs> Could you just tell me everything you can do with it before? And I was like, two kilos. No, nah. I was like, nah, you must be being like five or eight and like a whole backpack. Okay, how big is it? So the one that we're looking at is one person. It's big enough to strap your bike to the front, and it can do- go up to like class three rapids. So wait, do you have to take a huge pump with you? So you can have these battery operated pumps that are quite light but the way we would go is where you get these dry bags and you puff them up with air and then you push them into the raft and you do that several times to inflate I think them. we're going to get the pump you're going to get the pump yeah <laughs> no get the pump there oh, we've, we've sort of been on a mission to go ultra lightweight with everything and you know so it's well I found this and it weighs 10 grams less than this yeah so it's kind of part of it as well Why don't you, yeah how do you ever do that on a hike you're like like the wine you're like oh, i'll just take this and then you get like so many k's into it and you just start you start hating it i sneak things in yeah. actually she's sneak got them this in. blue dry bag that goes with it everywhere it's the wine and this blue dry bag and inside this blue dry bag i don't know but there's this he's not allowed heavy, to touch it no it's not heavy, heavy multi-tool that we just use this small knife on. Nothing else. It's not else. true. It's not true. It's a Leatherman. It's not... Who has to carry it? Me. I carry oh, okay. it. I carry it. I carry, I carry the same percentage of my body mass in my pack as he does, if not more. Do you guys ever argue? Like on the on adventures? In a funny you, way. No, but like, you know, like kayaking. I, I always call twin kayaks divorce kayaks. Oh, you know, like don't. Never. You know what I mean? Like if you are in like that that situation and especially a survival situation like do you, do you, or like when shit's getting have you been in a situation where shit started getting real pretty quick i cry yeah <laughs> i do cry i get grumpy sometimes and and jody uh you can see a bit of fear and sometimes tears she's not enjoying it mm. in a in a in her eyes saddle mountain saddle mountain yeah i'm not enjoying this yeah and you start crying yeah, so we we got to this cliff face on Saddle Mountain, and I, we carried ropes and trad, and haven't seen this. Didn't didn't even fly the drone out there to check it out. Full trad rack. Full trad rack. Well, the middle was, of the rainforest. It was a minimalist trad rack, so I skipped every size almost. <laughs> and we get to this. We didn't do the actual plan that we wanted to do because we didn't allow enough time. But we end up doing an easier version, which is climbing up this waterfall right to the right side of the waterfall. And so it was easy enough for me to free solo without ropes. Um, so I took my, I had my bag on. It, it wasn't too heavy. And I had my harness with the rope tied on, but there was no pieces. It was slab. So I couldn't, there was no full protection. So it was essentially free soloing. So I'd climb up 40 meters, find a tree, wrap that, and then bring up Jody. And on the, it was three pitches. So 100 meters in total. Shit. So free, yeah, but free climbing 40 meters still. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't going to do it. And, it was, and with our heavy packs as well. Yeah. It was so. low grade, like grade 13-ish. So it's uh, a beginner, beginner, beginner climb. 
but you didn't want to fall. Uh, you'd just roll down and hurt yourself pretty badly. Kill yourself, yeah. Yeah. So on the last one, I managed to get you to... It was the easiest one on the last one, is, and then we managed to get you off rope and free solo with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, carefully. Yep. Did you cry? Well, that's when she said at the very top, I'm not enjoying this, Lou. <laughs> yeah, cause, and also for you too, you've got, you've got to play that game where it's like push her but not too much where she's scared. You know, you've got to, you've got to find that middle ground. Yeah. But also like good for you to have like an adventure lord, you know, as a partner. Like, you know what I mean? To be able to do, I'll, t- I'll tell you a story. I used to have this uh, jet ski set up for offshore fishing. And when I first met my ex-girlfriend... She was into traveling and adventures and everything. And like after a while, especially after we moved to Australia, it was like for her, it was kind of like she kind of just turned it off. It was like, oh, no, I'm settled now. I just did that because that was when I was traveling. I don't know. She just got grounded. Grounded might be the word. I don't know. But she just kind of became a homebody. And anyway, I was still, and I was just like always trying to get her out doing things with me because once we moved back, because when we lived in Indonesia and Canada, we always did shit. And then when we got to Australia, it just kind of just, just wasn't happening. And I had this jet ski that I was going diving with and offshore fishing. It was all set up and I was always trying to get her on the ski. And she never wanted to. She never would. And I was like, convinced her, look, it's fine. You're, you're going to love it. You're going to love it. And so... She finally said, oh, okay, I'll go this weekend. Me not looking up the weather, it was going to be a terrible weekend to go. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, yeah, we'll just, we'll just go up to, to the local reef, like Kingscliff, because we're living at Brunswick Heads, just north of Byron Bay. And um, I said, oh, yeah, we'll just, I'll just take you up there and we'll, we'll just go out to the reef and we'll just have a fish. You know, it'll be, it'll be fine. Like, I'll do that every other day of the week. <laughs> So we go out, it's this overcast day, a bit of stormy, it's not looking the nicest day. We put the ski in the water and already like, because she was nervous and like not really into it and I was trying to convince her, things were just going wrong from, from, you know, like, you know, like when you're trying to make something happen, it just doesn't flow, you know what I mean? Yeah. Forcing it. So we go out and it's really rough. So she's already nervous and scared. I'm like, no, no, it's okay. Look, we'll just go around to like the other side of the reef and we'll flick a line out. It'll be okay. And so, next thing we go, we go and, and I, we flick a line out, and she's got the um, she's got the fishing rod, and she's like, "Oh, this is all right." And we're sitting there, and the boats, I mean, the jet ski is starting to rock a bit. It's getting a bit choppy. The wind's picking up. There's this storm coming in. I'm sitting there going, "Oh fuck, like, shit, we're gonna have to go go in a second. And we're starting the the currents dragging us towards the reef, and and then when you hit the reef, the waves are breaking. And normally I'll just like, you know, you float across and then, you know, you reel, reel the line in and then get on the ski and, and drive it. But the thing is you can't turn the engine on when you've got line because the jet ski, it sucks yeah. in. So yeah. you'll suck the ro- rope up. So anyway, this storm's starting to pick up and it's starting to get like <laughs> choppy and, and everything and it starts spinning the ski. So he starts spinning and starts pushing us in really fast into the reef. And I was like... No, no, and she starts panicking, and I was like, "No, no, we'll, we'll, we'll move up the reef, just like just reeling the line." And then um, she's like, "Oh, what?" And I was like, "Oh, quick, quick, babe!" Like, and then I saw the swell started picking up, a wave started coming in, a wave hit us, 
And I was like, oh shit, like now we're suddenly moved in close enough to the way to the reef where waves are breaking. She's like, oh, quick, get us out of here. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I, you just, she's got the, the fishing rod. I was like, you need to reel it in, just reel it in. She's like, what's reeling it in? I don't know how to reel it in. I was like, quick, babe, like quick, reel it in. There's a, there's a wave coming and I'm standing there like ready to, to get, and I'm watching this wave come at us and I'm like, shit, reel it in. Reel, and she just, she just sits there and goes, I don't know. And just starts crying. And she's like, oh, and I'm like, and I'm like, and I'm sitting there and I'm watching this wave about to break on us and we're going to get flipped and wash us on the reef. And I'm like, I can't start the ski. And I'm like, and I'm like, just fucking reel it in. Grab the thing and like, and I'm telling her. And like, she's like, don't yell at me. <laughs> and I ended up having to jump over her and grab her. I remember the wave hit us and I kind of turned the ski and grabbed onto her and held us kind of like without tipping. And then there was more coming and I was like, shit. And I'm like, just get out of the way. And I grabbed it. And I, um... And anyway, like, I, I spun it in, spun it in, and then jumped on and, like, um, got the engine and took off and just took off a, and punched through a wave that, like, as it broke on us. And then, anyway, she's crying and, like, and so I, I take us back out the back and I, and I cut the engine. I sit there because she's crying. She's like, take me in. And I'm like, it's all right. Like, it's, it's okay. And I was like, look, look. You know, and I'm like, and I'm like, I'll just take you down the river. It's nice down there. Then you'll like the jet ski. I'll take you down there. She's like, no, just take me in. I was like, no, no, I'll, I'll take you in there. It's all, it's okay. So I put the two fishing rods because I had two that one that I trawl with, one that I flick, and I put them in the fishing rod holders at the back. So now I've got the fishing rods sticking up. You know, like two meters or three meters out the back. And I was like, I'll just take you down the down the river. This is Kingscliff. And people that know Kingscliff, just south of the Gold Coast, northern New South Wales, has a little footbridge that goes over the Coogeon River. Oh, no. And I was like, I'll just, I'll just take you in there. <laughs> so it'll, I'm like, it'll be all right. So, as, so I take her in. We're going in. I'm thinking, like, in my mind, I'm like, I need to convince her to like this thing so she could start coming with me. Because it was like just one other thing I had to do by myself that I wanted her to come with me, you know? And I take her off and she's like still like, okay, once we get in like the river, it's kind of like, you know, a bit, she, she's calming down a bit. And the next thing I go onto the bridge and just snap, snap, it's too huge. <laughs> this sound goes off and I turn around and she starts screaming and I look and I've just taken the tops off both my fishing rods under, under the bridge. And she's like, just, just take me home. <laughs> I, like, I think we're done here. Damn it. <laughs> Oh man, I was so deflated. I was so like, it took me, I think six months to get her again. And I picked the nicest, calmest day. And we, I took her out, um, and whales, I took her out to see whales and we went out, there's these whales migrating and it was so beautiful and it was a nice calm day and she was loving it. There was dolphins all around. It was at Fingalhead and there's dolphins all around. I was like, yes. She's going to love it now, you know, because I always wanted someone too, so I could spear and have someone on the jet ski. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And anyway, so we're sitting there and the next thing, this huge, this baby whale, I think it was a baby or we're watching the baby and the mum, but this whale jumped up next to the ski and nearly landed on us. Oh my gosh. <laughs> And then that freaked her out. <laughs> so. You thought you redeemed yourself, but no. no. no, no. But <laughs> I, I, I can, almost. so I, I look at, at, at you, Lewin, and I'm like, wow, you have this. I, I saw a guy yesterday, I was at Paluma, the amazing national, and I ran all the trails there, and I had a really nice, um, really nice trail runs. And I ran past this couple, and the guy was like all dressed up, ready to run and go on his, his and, and nothing about this couple, and each their own, but the partner the the his girlfriend um 
you could tell she wasn't into it. You know what I mean? She wasn't into it. She was just doing it, blah, blah, blah. And they walking slowly and I was running and he saw me and gave me a big smile. And, and it was just weird. It was like we looked at each other in a way and, and he, he wanted to be doing what I was doing. Mm. And I felt like, you know what I mean? <laughs> and I was just like, oh, you know? So like when I see like, you know, they probably have other hobbies and that's the reason why they're together. They have other hobbies they enjoy together. But for you guys to have such passions and to go adventuring together like this and to do something that is so strong and and please tell me does it strengthen your bond for sure yeah, <laughs> I would say yeah, I absolutely if you adventure with anybody and you do something hard and miserable <laughs> you you develop this bond with anybody like good friends your partner it's it's get get it's a way to get to know somebody really well yeah 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 no and i think there are a lot of times where I feel like, oh, I wish I was just a bit faster. No one's as fast as Lewin. No one. But the way that I push myself when I'm with him and then I think, oh, it doesn't even care that I'm like 200 meters behind him. And I get these like this weird sort of rhetoric in my head. And then I think he totally believes in me and he trusts me enough to be on this trip and for us to plan this trip together that, you know, this crazy adventure or this first ascent or whatever it happens to be that I'm the one that he wants by his side for this adventure and that he thinks I can do it. I think I should do it. I, I believe in myself then. And so it's, it's this really cool, like in inspiration aspect of it as well. Um, I was thinking about the, the end of our trip at Mount Peterbot, the very end when I, I fell off this ridge line. <gasps> uh, we were almost to this like last viewing platform of the, the national parks and I mean, we were so high on endorphins. We were so happy that we, we made it to the top. And it was just such a slog, you know, everything. And, you know, excited to get back. And we were ready for that, you know, like the, the beer at the pub. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like a reward after we already drank the wine. Um, <laughs> but the leeches were so bad. Like, it was ridiculous. And at this one point, Lewin was like, okay, I'm just going to sprint to that viewing platform i'll meet you there i've got to get these leeches off of me i'm like yeah yeah fine no problem so i'm a little bit behind him he's sprinted ahead and i tumble down this ridge line <laughs> why did you just trip? Yeah, just just slipped and fell and i'm like trying to crawl my way back up this rainforest and figure out how to get back up like how this far did you fall line. How many meters? Good, good 10 meters at least. Yeah. Yeah. Tumbled down. Um, I had like my thongs in the side pouch of my backpack just to have like around camp and stuff. One of them flew somewhere. I have no idea where it went. So I'm like trying to crawl back up and I can't figure it out. And I'm like calling for Lewin and he's like, oh, okay, I hear you. I hear you. So can I tell him this? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he runs back to this ridgeline stark naked because <laughs> he had already <laughs> stripped off all of his clothes yeah. to get all these leeches off he runs back barefoot stark naked to try to like help me figure out how to get back up this ridgeline and so yeah I, I get back up the ridgeline and i'm you know running to get to this viewing platform as well he runs ahead of me i'm fine we both make it to this viewing platform strip off all my clothes we're taking all these leeches off of us there's this sort of metal post at this old viewing platform we're like putting all the leeches onto this viewing platform because we're just like how many leeches are there and just so relieved to just be sort of out of that for a little while but at that point I was thinking like 
you you believed in my abilities so much that even like I could you know fall off a ridge line, but I also knew that if I needed your help, I could call you. And I didn't expect him to run back to me naked, but <laughs> same time, <laughs> it made me smile. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's the, per- that's the perfect couple. Yeah. If I'm in trouble and my my future wife runs back to me naked to save me, and is also naked, <laughs> I'm gonna. That's the girl of my dreams. <laughs> solidified everything at that moment. It was yeah, gold. <laughs> so, what would you? And you being such a powerful woman yourself, like being an adventurer and being out there in nature and like really giving it a go, what would you say to to other women um, wanting to do it? Because I, I, it's, it's so weird because I know so many strong adventure women that are just getting out there and doing it. And then I know a lot of, I don't know, I know a lot of women that say to me all the time, oh, I wish I could do that, but you know, you, you just can't. Oh, I just can't. Like I need, you know, and I'm like... Well, you can because, and I, you know, it's good to be able to give them examples and like you're actually, uh, there's a, a few adventure women I should hook you up with. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, yeah I'm going to do that. Yeah, I'm going to do that. But um, like, what would you say to other women about like encouraging them to, to, to go into that fear and, and, and go off the beaten trail a bit more and like believe in themselves a bit more? Well, I mean, even with my career, I think it's important to be visible and, you know, if, if I'm ever a role model or an inspiration to anyone, then, you know, I want to be exactly that and say, okay, look, if I can do it, certainly you can do it and I'll be the first to cheer you on. And I think that I've had that, um, a lot throughout my life as well. And I've been encouraged to do things and I've maybe surrounded myself by people that encouraged me and that, you know, gender wasn't an issue and yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. There are so many amazing, strong women adventurers out there and we just need to see more of well, them. We need to hear more stories. And, that, and that's actually the conversations that I've, I've been having with ad- adventure women is like literally just giving them a platform, you know what I mean? For, because, you know, we give uh, men in the adventure world and the extreme world a lot of uh, a big platform, but women we don't as much. And so it's something that I like to see because it's, the thing is, it's like, it's just literally spreading awareness or information to inspire young girls 100%. you know what i mean and like what they have to inspire um what they see is and like what they they see and see what's possible then they know it's it can be possible for themselves but it's it's actually having the avenue for them to be able to see it yeah you know what i mean absolutely and you know there's now that there are film festivals like the gutsy girls film festival which is all about adventure women you know doing crazy awesome things and yeah, if, if you can see it, you can become it. You know, yeah. I've said that a lot of times that we, we just need to, more visibility. We need yeah. those platforms like with podcasts and with yeah. film festivals. And what, and what would you say to couples? <laughs> what would you say to couples? Like, is it as bad as what you, you think? I know, I, I, it's funny. I was, I was talking to a mate and I said to him, oh, I want a girl that, that surfs. Like, I want to meet a girl that surfs and we can go surfing. And my mate goes, nah. Nah, nah. And he, one of my best mates, Scotty, he goes, that's why I love his, his missus. He goes, why I love my missus is because she doesn't, but she allows me to. Mm. Because it's my thing and it's my time and everything. And they, and they share other things together. But when it comes to you guys that do get to share the same passion, like what would you say to other couples? Or is it something that like that you've had to step up to like as much? Like were you always as into rock climbing? Or did you find like 
you went into it more because Lewin has a passion in it? Well, I mean, I started climbing way before Lewin did. Um, yeah, I mean, it's great that that's how we met. But, you know, the other disciplines, Lewin's an amazing hiker. We pretty much do everything together. Um, and sometimes we think, oh, I wouldn't want to do that without you. Um, and so that's that's really great. Um, you know, there's there's so much trust and... and um, I guess Lewin knows that I'm reliable and yeah, always up for adventure, but our friends joke like, and say to Lewin all the time, there's no one else that would, <laughs> yeah. there's no one else you found, you found your match, which I, that's an honor to me, I think. Yeah. I really, I'd only just met you guys before and I think you're a great match. Yeah. <laughs> but what, what would you say to other couples like that would want to be getting out and adventuring together? I suppose it'd be a make or break, wouldn't it? Yeah, it, you can go through some tough situations and definitely uh, come worse off out of it. Um, like me with the jet ski. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I get alone time as well when we're out together. Uh, whether you're rock climbing and a partner's belaying you, you have that separation where you're thinking for yourself and you're away. Um, same, same with hiking. Uh, I do this with everybody. I just walk my pace. And then I stop and wait. And I do the same. Yeah. yeah. I do the exact same. And I even say to everyone, oh, I'm just going to run for this bit. You know, I'll meet you at this certain point. And then if I get there and, and they're taking extra, you know, longer than I'm like, all right, I'll, then I'll backtrack and make sure they're okay. But, you know, it's just like you don't. Yeah. Yeah. Precisely. And with that, I think you get your... Well, I, I, I'm a slight introvert, I think. Yeah, and I like, I like my own time. We, we are both working remotely from home at the moment. Um, we sleep in the same house. Obviously. We do everything. Yeah, we do everything together. Uh, so it's nice to also have alone time um, because we're so much together, and it's great. We we work really well together. Yeah. I guess I, when I was talking about hiking together, and you know, I have not met anyone as fast as Lewin, but I guess early on thinking, oh, I should be faster. I should try to keep up with him. No, actually, I love. I love that cadence that you can get into when you're hiking and it's just you. I mean, I know he's, you know, 100, 200 meters ahead of me. I, I know he'll wait for me if there's a turn or uh, if he's worried about me or if he needs to take a break. But that that is my alone time as well. And there's so much beauty in just putting one step in front of the other in the middle yeah. of nature. Some, you know absolutely gorgeous location and and then sometimes i'm also sort of thanking my body you know if i have to take high steps up a really steep part and you know just sort of i guess you know being grateful for the the physical fitness that i have that allows me to do something like that and so it's i guess maybe a bit of a cathartic yeah um sort of spiritual time <laughs> that's ex that's exactly what it is for me yeah and like this this last couple of weeks up up in northern Queensland has just been so um, growing for me just to be so yesterday um, on the rainforest track and I went and I laid down on my back in the middle of the forest and I just listened and I, when I first laid down the sounds just started getting louder and louder because especially the animals around me mm. there were so many rare birds singing but I could hear that what was crazy is that through the canopy you heard the wind coming from ages away and I was like looking at the top of the canopy because I was lying on my back looking straight up and I could hear the wind coming and intensifying, intensifying that roar. And then next thing, and I'm talking for like a minute and then you'd see it hit the leaves and start rustling. And then I heard the rain coming. I was laying there and I could hear the rain coming for ages and then it was lightly spitting. 
but I could hear it every droplet on every leaf as it came down and then it would start hitting me. And then um, the muskrat kangaroos started bouncing around me and everything. It was just so much. I reckon I was laying there for about 40 minutes, just on the ground looking straight up, just like listening to everything and taking it all in. And it was just so magical. You know what I mean? But when you're saying that before, I was thinking, well, maybe that is the ingredients for couples wanting to do those things or a ingredient anyway that could work i was literally just thinking about both you know doing those hikes and having your own time but having the trust in your partner to know that if something ahead is a bit out of place he's gonna stop and wait for you but like you know because that's like yeah I, i i get really inspired when i see couples doing this stuff it's like my and i know it is to so many other people as well yeah so we've, we've one, found a way to make it work and um yeah i mean i i couldn't imagine doing it with anyone else really we're we're a great team <laughs> yes we are <laughs> <laughs> so every weekend are you guys out well, like yeah almost um yeah. you know there there are a few times when Lewin will tell me that the hike that he's going to do is high effort low reward yeah. so, <laughs> so i'll take a pass on that and maybe i'll paddle my kayak or get on my road bike or something Ever else. since uh, that Saddle Mountain trip, <laughs> I'm not enjoying this, Lewin. I choose the adventures that I think Jody will like. <laughs> Wisely. I like views. Yeah, she... I like waterfalls. Um... <laughs> Low effort, high rewards are the best ones. Uh, we I'm don't always fine with do high that. effort, high, high reward. reward. She doesn't like the high effort, low rewards. Like I just did uh, Bellin and Kerr, which is the second highest peak in, in uh, Queensland uh, yesterday on the weekend. And uh, it was raining nonstop, uh, all night, all day, hiking up uh, 1,600 meters. Um, 14 degrees. 14 degrees, yeah. It was windy, cold, no views, uh, just looking out into the to mist and rain. And you probably wouldn't have liked that. See, he knows. Yeah, yeah. so... Yeah. It was, I, I enjoyed it. You get to see all the, um, the beautiful different plants around you and get to hear the birds. Yeah. And so many rare birds. I can't, yeah. I can't get over it. Hey, I, just before we go, <laughs> you guys have had this view the whole time. I've had the light, the moonlight shining on your face for a day off full moon, sitting here looking at Magnetic Island and this with the wind coming through and the, the, the ocean coming out here. And, the, and there's, a, there's a, the plane, the mic's picking up the plane that's flying over us. And that full moon, that is absolutely stunning. I'm a sucker for full moons, full moons and sunsets, and this is probably one of the primo spots here at Paloranda to see all of that, and you know to also hear the waves breaking in the background. It's um, it's pretty yeah. special. We are usually trail running on these trails Monday, Wednesday, Friday, so that's another reason we thought we'd take you out here and maybe catch a good sunset. And oh, the moon's a bonus, hey? Oh, it's been, it's been amazing. <laughs> I'm going to put it on my bucket list to do an adventure with you guys another thing i'm going to do is um i'm going to try and uplink you with a couple of people that i really think you guys would suit because you guys are proper adventurers i think everyone that just listened to this knows that by now and anyone like you you were telling me earlier um you're working on a few forums did you want to mention anything that you guys are working on Oh, we, we have that website, uh, and we're always improving that and increasing it. Um, yeah, so Wonder Stories is, is most of our work, uh, just creating a resource for people sort of in the North Queensland and Townsville area for all the different types of adventures and hikes and 
um, that are available to us around here and I think that's great um, when I first moved here there wasn't a resource like that available and as you know from seeing this area there's so many beautiful places to explore so that resource of wonder stories has been just really fantastic for our community and something that we really enjoy as so is well. that wonderstories.com dot space yeah. wonderstories.space and so anyone can go on there and it what literally has activities hikes climbs adventures that you can do in northern Queensland precisely yep. yeah uh, so interactive maps uh, duration sort what of to bring level of difficulty what to bring um, you know the, the part of North Queensland where an adventure takes place what a project how fun is that because you guys can go do do it just to map it out you know what I mean like like just to to be able to it's like an excuse to do what you want to do you know Motivation. what I mean it's an excuse yeah. you know what I mean and and also so accomplished like you feel it must feel so accomplished from it yeah it feels really good and uh, a new passion of Lewin's over the past several years has been mapping and you know providing that resource so I call him a gangster mapper sometimes I'll hear him <laughs> clicking on his computer clicking his mouse what are you mapping right now but he maps all of these so that we can have these interactive maps for the website for each of these adventures people can follow the interactive maps and um, you know, it's also with open source, uh, open street map, open street map, which uh, like Facebook, Strava, uh, Trail Forks, all these websites use. It's like a open database, and you can extract that data, use that data set, and style it how you want, and create these these maps that everybody uses. So that's what Strava uses. If you ever use Strava. Yeah, I've never had that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but that is so cool. So Wonder Story Stop Space. That's correct. So, yeah. so fuck. So. I can go on that. I can go on that. Literally, look up Townsville surrounding areas, and then is there like is there a map and like markings, and so you can be like, oh, what's that over there, and look at that, click on it, like how? So we're working on that. So we got that the base map, and so you can zoom in and out of the topographical map, and you can see all the trails. But we're working on linking, uh, putting like a interactive map with icons that you can click on, and it takes you to the article for more information. Oh, that is so much fun! I kind of wish I knew that two weeks ago. You it's don't. a rabbit hole, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah once yeah. you so, start, yeah. Well, I got on a rabbit hole on Wiki Campers last night. Oh, you yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. just even on that. But that was just camping things. And I was just like... And because a lot of the event, Like, the ones that I've done, um, either people have told me or I've just kind of came across it. You know what I mean? And, I'm, and that was, like, the thing that just blew my mind. It's like... Fuck, that's what I was thinking. There must be so much out here. My uncle keeps telling me there's so much out here to see. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you guys are at Wonder Stories. That is sick. That yeah, is such a good great. idea. Well, even I remember a couple of years ago, I was with two other girls and we were hiking in Paluma and we, we came across uh, a couple and just chatting them up a little bit. And I was like, oh, well, how did you find out about this hike? Oh, there's this really amazing website. <laughs> we're from New South Wales, but we found this website called Wonder Stories and it has everything on it. And we're like, hmm. <laughs> That is, did you come on? Did you tell them that, was, that you did it? Well, finally, yeah. Like a lot of times, we'll just sort of wait and see what they say. <laughs> it feels really good, it and does. it's just—it's really nice to be able to help other people get outdoors, and you know, all different levels as well. Like something that's you know super super easy to something that you know called Disaster Creek, <laughs> like, yeah. but every level and you know something beautiful in you know every corner you turn really. How's that? It just went dark from the cloud going in front of the full moon and we all looked up. That was beautiful. Hey, I can honestly say I really love what you guys are doing and what you guys are about. 
Thank you. Yeah. Okay. So, Wonder Stories. Yeah. W a n d e r. W a n d e r. Yeah. Stories. Stories dot space. Dot space. All right, guys. All right. Thanks so much, Jody and Lewin. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you for having great. us on our yeah, on your podcast. It's yeah. Okay. Well, let's. Been great um, to meet you. Yeah. It's, oh, well, I'm just kind of spewing. I don't have time to do a trip with you, but can we please? pencil that in at some time let's put that on the bucket list yeah that's so i think it'd be so much fun to do a trip with you guys especially to throw some climbing in there <laughs> yeah put me up some be mountains. careful what you wish for <laughs> put me up some cliffs some... I, I don't i'm not scared of heights that's the problem that's the problem it's just, yeah it's like my i i just always feel i'm capable so i'll put, i'll just go for it no matter what and then put myself in situations that i'm like holy shit actually been out of my league <laughs> welcome to my world yeah okay. we can see how the canyons differ from blue mountains like the one that you just told us, told us about oh uh, that was in, i'll show you photos yeah i'd yeah. love to do some more canyons that when i did that canyon i was like wow i'm a canyoner from now on <laughs> this is my new thing and i haven't done one since but it's <laughs> my new thing all right guys it's been an hour and 14 minutes we've been chinwagging so um let's get out of here let's, yeah, let's enjoy this moon and have a beer sounds yeah. good Thanks, guys. So if you guys like this episode, please feel free to share it and go on Apple Podcasts and leave a rating because this bumps it right up and it helps me out so much. Now, guys, tell us your tale. The competition Wild Earth is throwing for Diaries of the Wild Ones. I'm going to let you guys know all the details on the next episode and put it on my social media, Aaron underscore Shanks. But if you guys have a cool story or know someone with a cool story, get ready to send it in to me. Just a short version. It could just be one sentence, just the quick little details, but I cannot wait to see what comes in. Okay, guys, have fun. Enjoy. I do it like a double.